Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What provoked Boris Johnson to reverse some of the proposed lockdown easing measures earmarked for early August were increases in coronavirus cases in various locations across the UK and in fact across the world as a whole. Some locations, Aberdeen being the most recent, have also seen more stringent measures imposed in response to local outbreaks. So how are public health officials managing these situations? Are we in good shape to cope with the approaching winter? And is this the pattern of coronavirus cases that we should expect going forward? Maggie Ray is president of the Faculty of Public Health. As the app that was part of the government's original design isn't with us yet, the public are encouraged, if they have symptoms, to go and get a test. If they are positive, all their contacts are contacted and also recommended to get a test. So two things spring to mind then. How many people are you currently able to follow up? So say I test positive tomorrow and you're handed my name. How many of my contacts on a good day would you realistically expect to find? And how many do you need to find in order to be effective? The SAGE group have actually determined that the figure to be aiming for would be 80%. And the current public health aspect of the contact tracing system is actually reaching figures in excess of 95%. So that element of the testing system is working extremely effectively. It's also the middle of summer and the numbers of cases remain at the moment very low. What happens when winter comes and we get a resurgence? For any of us working in this field, we know that a number of viruses prefer winter-type conditions where people are indoors. So I think there will be waves of this virus. I, I know many people talk about second waves. I think there'll be a number of waves and I think we will see further waves of this virus as we head into winter. You're absolutely right. Is one of the frustrations, though, because you're talking about the fact that people are getting tested, the trigger for getting a test is, do you have one of a set of currently three symptoms? Have you got a cough? Have you got a fever? Have you lost your sense of smell and taste all of a sudden? But a very significant proportion of people who catch this have no symptoms whatsoever. So is that not a real problem for public health doctors and researchers like yourself who are trying to follow up cases because you're trying to see the invisible? Yes, I think it's very challenging. Many people are totally unaware that they are infected. And in fact, some people don't appear to ever get symptoms and yet have tested positive for this virus. So it is a real challenge. But there are methods of starting to think about high-risk areas. I think we've learned quite a lot about certain workplaces being higher risk. And I think as the test availability and the rate at which we can get people tested and get results improves, there should be opportunities to start and do what I would call case finding, perhaps choosing some of the high-risk areas and actually start to 
case fine people. So yes, it's very challenging and very challenging for everyone around the world. And speaking of around the world, which countries do you think are doing particularly well at this? And what practices have they put in place? Who should we be striving to emulate? I think the country I'd look to is probably Germany. They have a good regional infrastructure. They have a very good public health system. They have a quite a similar public health operation to we do in the UK with public health professionals who are very experienced, but also they have very, very good lab infrastructure. So I think there's quite a lot to learn from Germany, although they probably didn't have quite the same profile of the virus as we did, particularly with big cities like London being such a hub. But I'd certainly be looking to Germany. I'm talking to colleagues in Germany. I think they've got a lot to offer. Like us, they've been trying to develop an app and they haven't managed to get an app in operation yet either. So there is a lot to learn from people all over the world. Germany, though, has had a big resurgence in cases in recent weeks, haven't they? Yes, and I think some of the um, issues on that are very, very important for the UK. Some of the issues have been because the public haven't wanted to adopt and apply the messages that the government was presenting. So I think in all of this, it is very important to build trust with the public and to make sure the public understand the messages, understand why certain behaviours are important. Certainly the majority of the people in the UK have been absolutely outstanding in relation to behaviours around this virus. And on that note, we've had a lockdown-ish in Leicester. We've had various interventions imposed on the northwest of the country. Aberdeen has now had to change things quite dramatically. What have we learned from these interventions? Well, from my professional public health perspective, I think the element that for me works best is when we can have things as local as possible. And we've seen in Leicester, Aberdeen and Blackburn and Derwent and other parts of the country, the local directors of public health have actually been able to engage much better with local communities, get messages out in a variety of different languages make it easy to comply with the measures. So I'm a very big fan of a very local public health response and a public health system. And do you think our system is is at the moment agile enough to mean that we can carry on this way with local interventions that are fairly strategic, which mean most of us can go about our business most of the time and we'll still be able to keep things in check? We're not going to return to the, the situation of March where we ended up with the whole country in a state of paralysis. Well, I think we're heading in the right direction. I think at the beginning it was fair to say that, in my opinion, things were far too top down. And there was almost a creation of a parallel public health test and trace uh, system that didn't build from the local level. I'm delighted to say that the recognition that local directors of public health, local authorities have much better ability to get to that local footprint. They know their local communities. They have much better ways of engaging. And I'm, I'm absolutely delighted that we're moving in that direction. And I think we'll see more and more areas better prepared. And really, at the moment, I 
don't think there's much more choice for the rate of infection within our country to do anything other than to try and keep these measures in place, have a very effective test and trace system and to try and live alongside the virus, as you say. Some words of reassurance there from Professor Maggie Ray, who is the president of the Faculty of Public Health.